0: And welcome to the Sell the Sizzle podcast. This is the show if you want to sell an idea, a product, or a service. We're going to share sales techniques with you so that you can be a sizzling success. Let's go. And welcome back, sizzlers. The title of this episode is How to Double Your Sales in the Next 12 Months quite a bold claim, don't you think? But think about it, it's not that challenging. If you want to double your sales in the next 12 months, you just need to be in front of twice as many people who are ready to buy your product or service. Now that doesn't seem to be too much of a stretch, now does it? So I'm going to give you an idea that you can put into play to get more qualified buyers into your funnel. Now, if you think about the population of people that you're talking to, sometimes you have an offer, you express it to somebody and you just get crickets. Why? Because they're not ready to buy. They're not interested. They don't feel that they have a problem. They don't want what you're offering at that particular time, and everybody else is competing for their attention. We've talked about this before, and so you're just noise in the background, and you don't receive any intention. Now, there's a distribution of interest when you're looking at your audience. Let's say that you could get 100 people in a room who are your ideal customers, and you had a pitch you would put to them, what we'll find is that only 3% of your target audience is ready to buy right now. They've been thinking about it, they have a problem, they know they've got a problem, and they're looking for a solution. A further 7% open to the idea. So you've got 10% of people who... You might be ready to get into some form of contract, some form of buying. Now, the other 90% fall into three categories. The next category would be 30% of the people are not thinking about your product or service or whatever problem you're addressing, 30% think that they're not interested and 30% are definitely not interested in hearing anything to do. They're they're quite happy with, with their, let's say, they're a, they're a factory manager and you sell roofs, 30% of them are saying, no, my roof is fine. Yeah, there might be a couple of leaks, but quite happy with it, probably last another five to 10 years, definitely not interested in someone coming to talk to me about selling me a new roof, as opposed to the 3% at the top, their roofs are falling apart, they're leaking, they've got energy costs going up because they're leaking heat or or even getting too hot in in the summer. So when we express our value proposition to them, let's say you had 100 people in a room and you announce what it is that you're about to do, it's likely that if you're too specific, 90% of the people are gonna walk out. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're selling fax systems, to hospitals and medical facilities who need pretty much controlled environment you've sold to them in the past it's quite lucrative they're prepared to pay decent margins because they want the job done quickly they don't want any noise pollution they're looking for a tried and trusted person who can install hvac systems they're going to give them all of those benefits So you've run a campaign and you've got 100 people in your room. might be 100 people on a webinar. It might be 100 people clicking on an ad. It might be 100 people at an event. And they're all facilities managers, directors, officers in medical facilities. They're your ideal audience. Well, only 3% of them are thinking about getting a new HVAC system right now, today, when you're speaking. So if you stood up and said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, the title of my talk is how our HVAC system is going to give you clean air at an affordable cost. 90 people are going to walk out the room because they're not in the market for that. So you've lost them. You're less with 10 people who you can sell to, but you really want to be able to sell to that other 90%. Certainly, you want to build a relationship with them and you want them to know you and your capabilities so that when they are ready, when they do need your services, that they're going to be thinking about you and not somebody else. So what we need to do at this point is to articulate something that would appeal to the entire audience. You've got in this audience, we'll continue with this analogy, a 100 healthcare professionals who are looking at their operations. And you're going to say, the title of my talk today is the five most dangerous trends facing hospitals and medical facilities. Now, don't you think that all the people in that audience, oh, I wonder what those five trends are. Dangerous, dangerous trends. We're all about risk mitigation. We're all about compliance. We don't want to get sued. We don't want to have problems. What are these five dangerous trends? I'm going to stay around and listen to, to to this talk. Then in the talk, right, now you've got... 100 people who are in communication with you, and you can start to do education-based selling to bring them on the sales journey, because only 3% are going to buy today, another 7% you might convince in a couple of, you know, meetings, and the rest they're going to evolve their understanding and their need is going to mature over time. If you're intelligent and clever, you can start seeding them with the thoughts they might need to consider to expand their understanding of the problem until it becomes an acute problem. It becomes painful. They feel that they need to do something about it. So you might put together a presentation with the five most dangerous trends facing hospital and medical establishment. You know, number one, staffing shortages, always difficult to get people. Number two, high occupational risk, you know, access to PPP equipment. Number three, the challenge of providing enhanced comfort for patients and staff. Number four, infection control. Number five, climate and working conditions. Now, you can then start to talk about some of the issues, and you can use market data around staffing shortages, and they'll all agree with you, and, oh, yeah, that's really insightful. And you can say that, you know, one of the reasons... You know, staffing—it's difficult to get staff. Is it's very stressful working in that kind of environment. So, providing a clean, warm, air-conditioned, healthy environment will encourage more of your staff to be in place, and will also reduce the risk for for both your staff and your patients because the filtration around climate control systems is very, very important. You can talk about some of the elements of particulate size and and infection and dust and the impact that it has on staff and patients. And you can talk about the, the comfort of having your patients in an environment that is very consistent, the temperature is well controlled, there's no noise, your filtration systems are very quiet, and it's a very calm environment, which obviously benefits patient attitude and health. And in terms of infection control, you can really get into how pathogens are are propagated around large buildings where they tend to accumulate and why good airflow and filtration will dramatically reduce that. You would go and find some statistics around the types of particulate, the types of impact. There'll be studies on there, just Google it on circulation and airflow and how that increases and reduces pockets of stayed air where pathogens might collect. And then lastly, the climate control and working conditions. And there you can talk about, there are definitely studies around clean air increases employee productivity. Studies have been done. So you could use a 15% improvement in productivity by having good clean air. Good filtration reduces employee sick days by 8%. Again, studies have been done on this. And more people will come to work when the environment is cool and clean and fresh. What you've done now is that you've educated that whole group of 100 people and they think that you are an expert in risk management, you know, hospital procedures, cleanliness, infection control pathogen elimination. And you've also seeded lots of ideas around how the HVAC system will mitigate all of those and the benefits that it will bring. So the, the 3% who are ready, they're chomping at the bit. The 7% who are thinking about it, they're ready to go. And some of the people who didn't think that they were had a problem, that next 30%, didn't, I, I'm didn't. not really in the market for it, go, you know what, those are some good points. And we do have those issues. I do need to consider this. Let's have some further conversation. Now those people might not convert today, but we're talking about doubling your sales in the next 12 months. And what we've done, think about this, in the original pitch was, let me tell you about our HVAC system. It's only going to appeal to the three Percent of people who are ready to buy an HVAC system today. They've already decided they're going to do that. And you might be able to tip the other 7% who are open to the idea. So you've got 10% of of your audience. By taking a bigger, more strategic positioning for your pitch, you're now able to engage 100 people in that. So when you're putting your emails or marketing or advertising, or even in your phone calls. Let's say I'm I'm an HVAC salesperson. I could go around and knock on the door and talk to the facilities manager and say, hey, you want to see the latest in HVAC equipment? We've got the best. As opposed to calling up the facility administrator and saying, hey, we've conducted a survey we've done a study on the five most dangerous trends facing hospitals and I'd like to come to talk to you about that. They would be more open to have that conversation. You can have that similar conversation and at the same time inform them what part an HVAC system would play in that scenario. So do you see how we can expand. Don't just think about... What your product or service does, you know, the attributes of your floor, the benefits of your mechanical system and how it's automated and it has a backup system. Think about what are your prospects worried about most take it up another level so that you can actually start building relationships with those people you can start talking to those people people will pick up the phone more frequently so you're going to get more conversations they're going to be more engaged because you're talking about issues that are relevant to them and you now have the opportunity to drive them with an education-based campaign through your funnel, keeping in contact with them so that when they are ready to buy, they don't go outside. They do oh yeah, that Mick Holly. he understands risk. He understands all of the issues associated. They're definitely the people that we want to go with. We want them to give us a quote and get those people into an audience. So the way to double your sales is to get twice as many people who are ready to buy from you into your funnel, and be in front of them at the right time. The way that you do that is you broaden your message so that it would appeal to 100% of your audience. That way, more of the pie is going to be eaten by you. We all want more pie. This is going to give you more pie. It's going to double your sales. If you want help in building that pitch, expanding your thinking, coming up with creative ideas to go to your ideal audience, or indeed how to define and how to attract the right audience. So you've got the right 100 people in the building or in your seminar or on your call list. I can help you with that. Just reach out to me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I look forward to hearing about your success stories when you double and triple your sales over the next year. See you next time. Well, we've come to the end of another great episode. Hope you enjoyed that. Please, if you enjoyed the show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars would be perfect. Let us know. Put some comments in there. That would be fantastic. And if you want more, show notes and review some of the other episodes, please go to sellthesizzle.net. That's sellthesizzle.net. See you next week.